Thank you everyone for coming tonight and welcome. My name is Tom McKenzie. Um, no, that's just wait a sec. Could be the Wi-Fi. Thomas Winwood Architecture and the Chair of the Emerging Architect Committee for the Australian Institute of Architects. Um, and we, the Imagine Group, um, organises events which uh, promote the work of emerging architects and their perspective on architecture and design. And it's really fantastic that we can participate in public forums like this one. Um, I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we are meeting, the Wurundjeri and Boonwurrung peoples of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. Um, and I think in a building such as this, and the work of Studio Mumbai, which is so deeply rooted in the culture of India, um, makes a lot of sense that our design responds to the place in which it is made. Um, this structure has utilised seven kilometres of Indian bamboo, 50,000 kilograms of Australian bluestone, 5,000 wooden pins, 26 <coughs> kilometres of rope, and it covers a 16.8 square metre area. Um, the slated roof panels are constructed from sticks of the Kavi plant and were woven together by craftspeople <coughs> in India over a four month period. And this uh, led us to think about the collaborative nature of architecture. Obviously, you can't put all those things together without a large team of people. Um, and so we've invited tonight um, some of Melbourne's leading, leading emerging architects to discuss, and their staff members, um, to discuss the nature of collaboration and their practices. Um, in the spirit of collaboration, I'm going to get them to introduce themselves because they know how to do that best. So we might just go from right to left yep. and start with Monique Woodward from Woi Woi Wa. Thanks, Tom. Uh, yeah, so uh, my name's Monique Woodward. I run a studio uh, based out of North uh, Carlton. We have a shop front. Uh, we sit in a... There's a team of five of us, we sit around a, a round table with a big plant in the middle in the glass um, and we work predominantly on residential uh, projects. We have new builds, renos and I guess as a practice we're, we're sort of six years old and we're starting to migrate um, and engage with slightly larger work which is really exciting. Um, I guess part of our uh, jobs to work at as a small practice, how we actually get into that space and I think that um, we've spent a lot of time thinking about that. Um, I am on the uh, Australian Institute of Architects Chapter Council um, and also co-chair with Claire Scorpo, uh, the small uh, practice forum. Um, yes, I think that's me. Um, Izzy? Um, yeah, so yeah, I've been working at uh, Wawa for just under two years now and um, 
yeah, it's a it's a really awesome opportunity to to work at such a like small and ambitious and collaborative practice. Like I think collaborative is really the key word for us. Like everybody has such a different kind of role and expertise in the practice, and um, without sort of everyone, <coughs> we wouldn't be able to kind of get to the results that we do. So yeah, I've learnt a lot working there, and I'm very very stoked. <laughs> You can keep your job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Got a very booming voice. Um, I'm Claire Scorpo. I'm the director of Claire Scorpo Architects. Um, we've been around for about two and a half years now. Um, and we're currently a studio of about five people. Um, some of them being a couple of students that come in. But we really do try and think about it being a very open and collaborative space. Um, even the place we share with at the moment, so we have a studio with a number of other design creatives too, and we try on some projects to be able to collaborate with them as well, and so we really love having that kind of cross-disciplinary um, workshop, I suppose, and we really enjoy working that space. Um, myself, I also teach at RMIT, and that's a really big part of what um, I do, and I try and bring some of the kind of understandings and the kind of rigour of, of doing that kind of academic work into our practice where we can. Um, and also looking for kind of outward opportunities to collaborate with other people again from design disciplines is something that we really enjoy doing and, and want to do more of too. Um, yeah, me. Um, my name's um, my name's Akko, um, and I work for Claire Scope Architects. Um, I started at Claire Scope Architects I guess this year in Feb, so I haven't been that long. It's all less than a year but um, it's been such a great um, opportunity to live uh, work with Claire and I worked in a bigger firm and different size firm before but this is the first time I work for quite a intimate um, scale firm and it's really amazing how um, you really need to collaborate with so many different um, um, consultants and people to make in, in, in such an intimate level so um, yeah, it's been really fun and great to work with Claire. So <laughs> that's <Yes>. good. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's that. No, yeah. Anyway, leave it, leave it to that. <laughs> so yeah, Michael. Thanks. Uh, my name is Michael Roper. I'm a director of Architecture Architecture. We've been around for about uh, four or five years now. Uh, there were three of us, um, myself, Nick James and uh, Anna, who works for us, uh, for a couple of years there. Um, and then this year uh, we started getting uh, much busier all of a sudden and uh, we've now <coughs> expanded to more uh, five, six of us. Um, so the nature of working... Uh, up until this year we've really managed to... Um, take care of our own jobs um, and work you know ra relatively independently and with Anna um, uh, and this year has been you know a bit more of a, an explosion if we can call going from three to six an explosion um, <laughs> a small detonation uh, uh, which has meant that we needed to really think uh, carefully about how we work with our staff and um, and also staff experience of projects as well so the whole no notions of collaboration are quite topical to us this year um, also do a little bit of teaching uh, 
some years I, I take students uh, over to Berlin on a travelling studio and do that with Catherine Duggan from Peter Elliott Architects. So there's a kind of a long-standing kind of teaching collaboration there. Um, and I also do. I'm also working um, with a, with photographer Tom Ross um, on a, a number of collaborative projects, which we've been doing for the last three years, um, architecture related. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, another another strand of collaboration that finds its way into my life. Anna. Okay, so I'm Anna, as Michael has introduced. I've been with Architecture Architecture for just over three years now. Um, obviously working with Nick James and Michael Roper quite closely at the beginning, um, following through projects from start to end, always collaborating with the boys, I guess, and making sure that um, we're all over the different details of the projects. Um, seeing a lot of projects come through on the other end as well has been quite exciting. Um, and now that we've got more members to our team, it's been nice to collaborate with others at different levels from um, you know, newly grads to registered architects as well as graduates as well and sharing that kind of knowledge with each other as well as working with the boys. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Thanks. Um, looking at the audience tonight, I, I know there's a lot of um, younger architects, there's a few directors of practices and um, some more experienced architects and a few <coughs> other people. Um, so some of the things are probably quite obvious to you, but um, I sometimes like to think of buildings as films without the credits at the end of them. But there are a lot of people involved from clients, consultants, builders, suppliers, fabricators, um, model makers, community groups, user groups, um, quantity surveyors are important. Um, and Builders and without all those people, you wouldn't end up getting the result that you do. Um, when you're starting out in small practice, obviously you can be a sole practitioner or with one other staff member, up to say five or six, which we are. Um, so I wanted to sort of start to ask, ask what what aspect of your practice is is quite important to have people to collaborate with that you because you simply can't do everything yourself. I'm not sure if anyone in particular has a particular aspect of their practice that would satisfy that. Yeah, yeah um, I'll start off. Um, I guess maybe I'll start with uh, talking about a specific... Just... Yeah. Also, sorry to interrupt, no, you're good. Um, if anyone wants to ask any questions at any point, please just jump in. So, yeah, I guess we, uh, we collaborate, yeah, within the office, um, uh, but I guess first I'll talk about a specific project. Um, we collaborated recently on a, uh, with Andre Benice um, on a pool for Port Melbourne. We, as I said earlier, we're, uh, we were extremely passionate about um, moving to slightly bigger work, and so uh, we um, teamed up with a counsellor and... Uh, did a design studio. We teach at RMIT in Monash as well. Um, and did a, a design studio um, out in, in uh, Port Phillip. It was called Peer Pressure High, where we uh, looked at doing 16 speculative um, high schools on Princess Pier. Um, that sort of uh, led to a level of collaboration with the, with the council itself to put on a big exhibition. Um, and then from there, we sort of uh, got an idea to put a, put a pool yeah, in Port Melbourne on the foreshore. And so 
we um, collaborated with Andre, who had worked at, uh, he works at MCR, works at Monash, um, on the major projects there. And so we um, sort of looked to outside um, our practice to collaborate with him and then subsequently running a, a crowdfund campaign to, to push a feasibility forward. Um, we got a lot of support doing that and um, have now put together again like a team of um, investors and um, interested parties, QS, uh, MSAC retiree, <laughs> retirees. Um, and so I guess again like it is about putting pulling together a bigger team and looking at how architects can use their design thinking to actually um, engage with money people, <laughs> um, people that actually can move projects forward and um, you know for us that's quite interesting and extremely challenging. Um, but I guess within within our practice, uh, Izzy and I work extremely collaboratively together on some level, uh, I guess because we're um, working at, on the concept stage for the majority, for all the projects actually. Um, you know, Izzy gives me a lot of lip <laughs> um, and is extremely passionate about the designs that we, um, that we collaborate and design on together. Um, and so, um, yeah, it, it kind of feels as though, I guess it's that tension always between... Um, yeah, sort of director and, and employee that actually, um, I think that in, a, in smaller practices, I think the lines um, dissolve and that actually it's about a small team delivering sort of a big project and um, that we really enjoy the breaking down of those sort of boundaries. And, um, and then, yeah, Izzy and I sit on one side of the table and then handball the project over to Scott, the other director, um, who's also my husband, and uh, Zoe and Nikita, who have... Uh, yeah, who are integral to delivering the project and um, actually doing the 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 hard work, maybe yeah. <laughs> of doing the detailing and stuff, and we do the dreaming. So <laughs> yeah. sounds like a good deal. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I suppose as a small practice, um, especially a small emerging practice that. Uh, you're kind of starting out doing this kind of work and you really rely so heavily on the people around you. Um, a lot of things you're doing in a way for the first time and you're learning and you're taking a lot of risk and to have people around you that you can talk to and problem solve with and when you're kind of coming up against things you haven't seen before be able to just really work together on, it's, it's so important. So I think in a small, like the smaller studio is, the members of the team are just so significant and so, like, so important and they really hold the projects together. Um, whereas on a bigger project, I suppose, with more people, there's a bit more, a bit more fat in it, so people have more allocated roles. But you've got to be across so many things and having a really great team of people that you can refer decisions to. And for us, I know it happens all through the project, from schematic design all the way through to, you know, contract admin and client kind of things that happen on site and those kind of things. So. For us, it's a really, I think as Monique said, like small practices are very open and there's not really much that's hidden and, you know, everyone sees what's going on and is very cognizant of what goes on. So um, that kind of web-like structure is really important in the way, yeah, definitely in the way that we work. Um, yeah, I, I think what's, what's really important to us, and I guess we've got um, all of our staff here tonight, so that you know they can jump in and contradict me at any at any time, as as can Anna here. Um, but what's important, I think, uh, in a probably it doesn't matter how big your office is, really, um, is I think 
as an employer or a team leader or a design leader, whatever capacity you're in, is to uh, also you know, really understand the people that you're working with and understand um, not just their strengths, but their interests, what drives them. Um, where that, how they want to grow, how they want to do projects. I think there's a there's an old mentality around. Well, I'm the boss, so I I get to say that this is the kind of work you do, and you're gonna, we've got one of these projects. We need someone to do this, and you're the one that's going to do it. Um, but I I think um, I think it's really important uh, to to really take stock of the people you're working with, and and find out who they want to be in a practice, and the kind of work that they want to do in a practice, and what they can bring to it. Um, and I think that's a really important part of collaboration and something, I guess, that we're learning about as we grow um, as well. Uh, I'd, I'd say that's kind of uh, something that we're most conscious of. Um, in terms of actual uh, project delivery itself, um, I think there's there's a lot of collaboration and, and uh, joy in tackling um, those problems which you haven't come across before, which Claire's talking about, those kind of risks you take in and do, on, take on, on in doing things that you've never done before. Um, working with, working closely with builders, um, fabricators, suppliers, to use products or materials in ways that haven't been done before often mean, you know, asking, as, as any architect or designer will know, asking questions of products and materials and processes that maybe haven't been asked before to find new ways of doing things and um, finding those people who who say yes. Uh, you, you know, the, 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 there, there, there are those who, who will intuitively say, no, that's not how we do things. And there are those who say, well, yes, I wonder how we can do those things. And to find those, to find those people out there, and they are out there and all in all aspects of the industry is a real pleasure and, and really integral to delivering um, strong work. And I think a big part of being an architect is, it, I mean, I think the film analogy is really good. I think being a film director and being an architect are probably quite similar pursuits in a way, um, apart from the fact that a lot of architects often wish they were film directors and you hear a lot of film directors say that they wish they were architects. Um, it's it's having that kind of um, overarching creative vision that draws in expertise from a broad range, um, from a broad range of players, um, and to have that overarching vision um, in a way um, that you that you adapt to the to the information you're receiving without necessarily losing um, losing hold of the larger picture. Um, yeah. Uh, um, I, th I think I think establishing those relationships with the with the broader building industry um, is is a really important part of what we do if we want to be innovative, um, but also a real pleasure of it too. Yeah, and I think you know we saw ourselves as more the captains of a really good team, um, and you know that we you know it was our job, or when when we set out to create our practice, the idea was that we wanted to create the practice that we always wanted to work at, I guess. And, um, you know, that I guess that um, Claire, Michael and I are all sort of similar age and worked for a lot of, um, you know, really fantastic firms. And I guess you sort of learn um, from working at those practices, things that you would like to emulate and then things that you would like to change. And I think that, um, yeah, that us being more of the captain, I think, um, and, you know, knowing that, the fish rots from the head and that we're in control of the environment that you um, 
that you create. And so uh, if there's a problem, then it's your fault. And so um, that, you know, that we have to sort of create these environments that are really um, positive and collaborative. Yeah. I say I go, oh. you go, Claire. It's hard because I can't see you, yeah, so I can't yeah. see what's going on on either side. It's like blinkered. Um, but I'd also say with like talking about like working with fabricators and working with like builders and that kind of thing. I think a real key part of the idea of collaboration versus working well together is having some kind of flexibility as well. Like I think it's that kind of engagement of saying I've got an idea and you know this is what I'm thinking and someone to be able to come on board and work with it. Um, we did a very little project in Thornbury, which is super modest. Um, but we had this idea of how we might be able to fabricate it um, using a timber portal system. And we had an idea of what we wanted and we approached someone that we thought could kind of work with us on it. And that was a great process of not us just handing over a, a design concept that was completely finished and said, this is what we want. There was a lot of engagement and toing and froing and them sending us drawings. We sent them physical and, and also computer models and it changed and modified from, from that point. And I think a real collaboration and a really strong one is where there's agency on two people's behalf. And those kind of situations that you can come across in practice, I think, can be so valuable and it means that you kind of reach something greater than what you originally set out to do. Yeah, or and I think that's something that's intrinsic in the design process that you might not see when you get to the finished product, such as this pavilion. But from what I've been told, and I think we'll hear about on Tuesday, when the builders and um, other people who are involved in the project um, will be speaking about it. Um, uh, also... Um, is that it was a, it was in continual flux and change and development, and um, and that it wasn't just the singular vision of a designer, but it was actually that dialogue with all the people involved that mm. made the project what it is today. And obviously, we see fin the finished product, and I think that's particularly true for um, any practice at any stage. And you hear younger practices who it's probably premised on the fact that they don't know how to do things and that they're trying to learn from people who know how to do things but then at the same time such as last year's pavilion you get people who are very experienced but at the same time they're trying to push the boundaries and push the technology so as a result of that process they're trying to do things that they've never done before and I think it's a beautiful contrast this pavilion to the previous one that on one hand you get this a completely innovative use of carbon fibre and yet here you get a completely different process with the bamboo but in the same way they're still through this exploratory design process which the designer has a, a vision of but it is only realised through that process and through that collaboration with all the people that were involved and I think that's, that's part of the joy of being an architect and a designer. Mm. I think this, this pavilion especially like I think again it's, it's, it's such an example of collaborative work and I think part of that is as you said things get worked out on site there's an element of trust involved if nothing's completely set before it comes out and there's a trust in the makers and the people that are working on the project and you're handing over some of the project to someone else and that's difficult to do but that's kind of a trusting thing and that I think talks really strongly about collaboration because you know, the, the work the people that have made it have shifted it or changed it in some way, which I think is really and strong. I, I do like the idea that there's not one way to be an architect. Like mm. You can be the psycho architect who's just a bit scary and incredibly demanding. <laughs> it's and a great maybe, option. Maybe people, people, <laughs> you might get things done. And then on the other hand, you can be a very generous architect who's really open to that discussion. Or you could sit somewhere in, with the, 
in between where you fight for particular things that you have a clear vision for, but you're still open to other discussions. Mm. And um, and you see that in different architects' personalities and, and kind of how charming they may or may not be. And, and I'm definitely, I prefer the charming end, but <laughs> I have worked for people that are at the other end and I, I think they have their their pros and cons, but there's no, there's certainly no one way to behave, I guess. Just picking up on what Claire was saying about um, the importance of agency in, in collaboration, I was just wondering if maybe we could turn some questions to yeah. um, some of our uh, staff here on the panel. Um, Monique was talking about how, um, you know, Izzy gives a little bit of lip um, <laughs> and, and um, you know, obviously working quite quite closely from the sounds of things um, on, on the design process. Um, and I think, you know, everyone here is, as as directors of our businesses, we've all worked for other people in, in similar roles as well. Um, but I was just wondering, Izzy, um, in terms of that agency, um, how do you exercise that agency and how do you know, um, how far do you push it? How do you know how far to push it? Um, and, and to what extent is it yours and to what extent is it theirs? Okay, um, good question. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> um, I guess I've, like, that, how to, how far to push it and how to, like, work, how to work them on has been, like, the main thing which I've learned over my this time is at good. <laughs> um, So in, I guess at the start when I first started working there, if, like, I pitched something to Mon and she'd say, no, like, I hate that, it's crap, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, like, putting that in the bin, like, starting again. Whereas now I'd be like, okay, what exactly about this is it that you don't like? Like, is it the fact that it's pink? Is it the fact that it's this? And, like, I'll really, like, pinpoint, because I know certain things that... One would be adverse to or certain things that she would like but you know it changes for every project so it's I guess it's really like asking those really specific questions um, and trying to get to a point where like Mon pulls something out of that she really likes out of what I've done and that there's still something that I like so that we kind of get to something that we both like and it's always the outcome is always better than like what I initially posed and what like yeah, so I guess it's through that sort of process we can get to sort of the best of both worlds. Um, and it's just about really, like, being quite specific about the questions that you ask and, yeah, getting to know the person that you work with as well. It, it, does, it, does it mean that, that, um, that your boss is kind of like your client in that respect? Um, like, you, like, you, like you're getting <laughs> to know them and you're trying to answer to their, their whim? Um, yeah, I guess, but I, I'd be more, um, honest with Mon than I would with a client, just because, just because I can't, like, I have, I'm so invested in the outcome, so, like, with a client, you might be like, alright, like, shut up, I'll give you whatever you want, but with Mon, it's like, no, Mon, like, you know, I, I would try so hard, um, to get to an outcome because I care so much about the project, um. And so, I, like, I would try so hard for us to both, like, come to an outcome that we agree on. So it is, there is, like, an element of that, but it's also m more honest, and it needs to be more honest, because with clients, you have to be a bit... Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, Mon, you, you'd say that's beneficial to the practice, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also about acknowledging that that 
is the case and I think you know I've been spending a lot more time out of the office now like at different client meetings and you know trying to form new relationships and and you know I know that I can just leave um, Izzy and actually that she's way more productive when I'm not there anyway <laughs> and then you know we'll sort of chat at the start of the day and then maybe at the end of the day or whatever and um, you know have brainstorming sessions either side of that and that I know she'll she'll yeah she'll just um produce something or various options that are really really awesome and then um you know like I have full faith that you know if I give give Izzy a day she'll come up with something really awesome and um that but I think it's that you know having enough trust to actually step back and um allow that agency as Claire was saying to actually sort of be fruitful and um that you know you need to um, yeah, see it as a collaboration as opposed to your work. And I think that was, um, as a director of a, of a young practice, it's part of the process of um, becoming becoming a good leader is to allow um, the people with you to, to um, yeah, blossom. And I think that that's um, a skill that, uh, you know, I read a lot of business <laughs> books and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, management um, techniques and that's something that you need to learn and that you need to work on all the time as opposed to just thinking that you already know how to be a leader. Um, yeah. And, you, and yeah. you went on the Gillac study tour? Yes. And did you get, you went to a practice, um, I yes. vaguely remember, <laughs> you yeah. went to a practice yeah. in Japan? That yeah, you, Toyo Ito. Toyo Ito. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah so he yeah he has an amazing um I mean he's obviously really old and he can sit there as this like wise guy in a meeting and never say anything and everyone thinks oh you know he he's like magic old man um and so uh but he you know his philosophy is that he'll let you go he'll just let you sort of do your thing like he knows that you've been hired for a specific reason because you're an extremely talented um you know architect or graduate or student or whatever and so he'll allow you to go down this path um and that he'll have the faith to to give you that um agency and that that actually if he's sort of badgering you all the time that's that's not fruitful to um a working relationship and so apparently it's yeah all the way right at the end when you know (laughs) they're about to present that he might say "Hmm, maybe could have been more flat <laughs> I don't know maybe you know it's more concrete or something um but uh yeah I you know I learn a lot from hearing that those stories of um yeah trust and um empowerment yeah um well it is very refreshing to work for I'm not sure if I should say smaller practice but with Claire, where I can openly um, speak to her about design and present to her about what I think. And, you know, of course, sometimes she say, no, she doesn't like that. But at the same time, I can also say, oh, Claire, that green is not <laughs> not a modern green. <laughs> <laughs> she always say to me, Claire, no, I've got to go through it. All my colors yeah. it's not okay. That no. is not a good green. <laughs> so I'm coming, coming from my interior design background as well. So I just, but again, it's, it's really like refreshing to get we can, you know, work within the company, collaborating before the presentation, everything. Just, it's eye-opening and feel the respect, which is, which which I lack. For the last two years, I was working in Japan, and whenever you say something, they always smash you. So, it's really, <laughs> it's really <laughs> refreshing that you know you get an honest, you know, response, not just like nah, 
do it again. So it's great. Yeah. And if if Claire disagrees with you and 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 you have to follow follow Claire, <laughs> do you just do you think I'll come back to this one later? I think of that. In yeah, you I'll think? Come back to this. I'll, yeah. I'm gonna try yeah. and convince her. Yeah. Smile and agree yeah. now, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna bring this yeah. one back later. She'll, she'll yeah. come round. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're all yeah. doing that, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Um, so. We we, we th- this was going to just be a reasonably brief panel discussion, so everyone could have a drink and, and a chat. Um, maybe if there's any burning questions from the audience, we can. Take one or two. Can I ask a question of Anna? Sure. Hi, Anna. Hi, Michael. Maybe I could ask you this question at work. Okay. Um, so this, <laughs> this year, Susanna's scared for me. Um, um, this year we've obviously taken on some more staff and um, noticed that you've taken on the role of, of, um, of helping the others out. They often come to you with questions and that kind of thing. Um, I, I mean, when when we when we took new staff on, it was a little bit like, um, you know, having a second child or having more children. We thought, you know, and it's our first child. She's an only child. Um, she's had our full attention. Um, how's she going to handle uh, having little? They always asked me, "Are you okay to have another little brother or sister yet?" It's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. How have you found that, and how have you found that process of working with more people? Um, I think it's been quite interesting. I think, as as I mentioned before, we all kind of come from different backgrounds, different experiences. And as time passes and we're getting busier, Michael and Nick aren't always there. And they've got that kind of trust, like, um, you know, Lizzie and Akko were talking about. Like, there's that kind of trust that I can sit and work independently. But also understanding and feeling that I can actually help someone else. And I've been there for a while now, so, you know understanding my bosses or understanding Michael and Nick and how they would like to carry things out, being able to turn around and help another person understand that as well, um, as well as working together, not just on projects. It's about how do you speak to another consultant or what kind of questions, how specific, um, or particular details on particular projects that we've worked on. But the collaboration's been great, bouncing through ideas, Obviously, some have come from commercial backgrounds, some have come from residential, I've even come from resort and alpine, so it's all pretty broad and it's fun collaborating together and talking about, you know, and sharing those projects with each other and understanding a bit more and how we can put those thoughts together and push through with something else for architecture, architecture, I guess. Mm. Um, uh, Scott and I worked together at Cassandra Complex um, before it shut down um, and basically uh, then Scott went and worked for BKK and I worked for ARM uh, and then basically we just uh, loved working together so much that we really missed it and so um, really it was about love <laughs> and, and um, wanting to work together like and hang out every day so that was basically the reason and then we worked out the architecture afterwards so 
Um, but, you know, and I guess um, we, we struggled uh, quite a lot um, in those early years because we didn't see the practice as a business. We saw it as us hanging out, doing cool work. And um, it was only really when we um, switched our head space to think about um, more seriously what we were doing um, and uh, when we started hiring people, basically, it was the turning point for us to be like, okay, uh, you know, Peter Malat um, said to me really early on at a party, uh, you know, hire someone, uh, you know, that's, you should hire someone tomorrow, that that's the only way you're going to actually run a business and be successful and um, that I didn't listen to him and I should have. That was the one piece of advice that I would give anyone planning on, um, you know, there's a really good book. Um, that sort of talks about if you're wanting to start a practice, the first thing you should do is hire a cleaner, um, actually, because it makes you value your time and actually put a dollar value against your um, that your time is worth more than um, than the cleaner's time, basically. And so, um, and that sounds so convenient, <laughs> but it's actually completely true advice. Again. Um, and you know, I mean, hiring Izzy was one of the best things we ever did. I got an email that said, I'm Izzy with the mad skills, <laughs> hire me. <laughs> and you just can't say no to that. Yeah. I mean, they do, they do say you need to spend money to make money, yeah. but you do also need to make money before you can spend money to make money. So <laughs> we couldn't have hired a cleaner straight up. <laughs> In fact, we still clean the office ourselves. <laughs> Claire, did you want to... Yeah, so I suppose, um, different to moms, it wasn't a love story, because it'd be weird. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I suppose I started the practice, I worked in small practices and then started another smaller practice with other people. Um, and then, in a way, it's the kind of combination of work that you do when you work for a small practice and work for yourself and being engaged in a whole number of different levels um, was an aspect of the work that I loved. Um, and also kind of aspirations of, of what I wanted to go into and what I wanted to push for. Um, so in a way, I started a practice as a way to kind of get um, get an understanding of an area that I was interested in, a, a way to kind of develop, I suppose, an, an understanding of where else I want to go. Um, I think it suits, like, in, in a way, like, that, that broad inter interaction with a whole lot of different people is so stimulating, and then for some people that's such a power, like a really engaging kind of part of, of what you do. And so that was a big driver and also trying to deliver work that, that I really believed in. So that was it. Um, the opportunity then to be able to expand and to be able to bring people on like Akko and, and the other people who got in the office that are wonderful people to work with and, you know, I certainly learn a lot from has just allowed it to, like, yeah, be an incredible experience. So that's the idea that it will keep kind of growing in that way, which is, yeah, rewarding. And you, Michael? <laughs> Thanks, Monique. <laughs> um, actually, it's a sharing office with uh, Monique's partner and partner, Scott. Um, and we used to um, answer answer the phone for each other. We used to act as each other's PAs. And I think we both liked that. Um, uh, no, but in seriousness, I think it's kind of a... I think it's a bit of a personality thing, um, wanting to run your own practice. I think it suits some people and doesn't suit others. Um... And, you know, there might be a whole bunch of reasons why um, you might want to work for yourself. Um, maybe you're an autocrat. Maybe you like... Um, maybe ownership or agency in what you do is important to you. Maybe you're just an independent spirit. Um, um, yeah, I think there's a whole, lot of, a whole lot of reasons why. And I've seen 
it's interesting. I've seen, uh, you know, uh, other architects from uh, that I went through uni with not go out and start their own practice, but rather um, stay in practices um, longer term and have and have now assumed, you know, senior design roles where really they're doing, they're performing almost exactly the same kind of role that I'm that I find I'm I'm yeah. performing in in my practice. It's just a, a different kind of path and um, and you know and probably better paid. Definitely better paid, um, and definitely better paid. Um, more uh, a, a more established, cl- more established client base, more expertise at hand. There are a whole lot of reasons why actually it makes a lot of sense to stay in a practice you like. Um, but for me, I know you know I was probably a little bit like Izzy over here. I worked for James Stoughton, um in a couple of his practices over a number of years, and gave him a lot of lip. And we had, as I get the impression from the way you guys talk, like a really great kind of working relationship. Um, uh, and But at some point, um, you know, you, you don't want to hear no anymore and you, and you just want to go out and, and do your own thing, cut out the middleman. Don't cut out the middleman, is he? The next great. Um, <laughs> yeah. And is there one more question over there? I would say that I think that's interesting in the context of collaboration. I think as the projects get bigger, as they become more complex, as the demands on directors becomes more to run, like what Mon's suggesting, a, a business, and that you need... I mean, in order to deliver a project of a certain size, you need a, a, a critical mass of, of staff, basically. And I think a lot of the work that we focus on to date has been fairly small residential work and we're all very keen to expand, but through that expansion, it means that you have to, that, that architectural practice is no longer a director who is in control of everything. It's more a director who has the experience and the vision and the management skills to be able to deliver mm. a project at, from the architectural part of it. And some people do that very, very well and grow and grow and grow and, and continue to grow until they're hundreds of staff. Um, I know that I saw an interview about Renzo Piano said he has a hundred staff because that's how many names he can remember <laughs> and I, I think that'd be right having a hundred <laughs> staff but um, it really depends on what you're on, on the flip side of that someone like Sean Godsell I think he seems to really like to draw everything, and Glenn Merkett as well draws everything himself, from what I understand, yeah. um, and that's a that's a different type of architect with a different type of control, but they still rely on people who are trusted um, um, consultants, engineers, builders, etc., to deliver projects, so I'm not sure it's so much about, con- I mean, at least for me it's not so much control, it's more about how do you realise a project? And what resources do you need to realise that project? And what kind of culture do you have in the practice which is supportive of design? And I think in order to do that, you need to trust your staff and you need to give them the opportunity to, to contribute to the, to the project, really.
Yeah, and I'm, I guess uh, something that we learned early on was that, or maybe that we're learning now, is that time takes time and that as a practice you need to grow uh, into your own boots in a lot of way. And so, um, you know, we, as I said before, we're wanting to do slightly bigger work and so um, we, you know, we applied to do a Nightingale to the Nightingale Housing Board and they basically said, no small fry, <laughs> you know, you need to, you do not have the experience. Um, and so we went and uh, partnered up with MGS. And so now it's a MGS uh, Wawawa collab for Nightingale 6. And so I guess it is one of those things that it's so important to find mentors, um, you know, for ourselves, but also for um, the, the practice. Um, you know, the idea would be that we would potentially share staff, um, and that it would be this really amazing experience for everyone in the office um, to grow and to learn learn how to be um, a medium-scale practice um, because I guess we're really good at being a small practice now and, you know, I think that a lot of architects get their energy and their, um, you know, their excitement from learning new things always and so, uh, yeah, it is about sort of seeking out um, and working out how to become what you want to be and, um, and being mindful that... Yeah, you, you need to um, you need to be aware of your own limitations and um, work on them constantly. So. so, what's your ideal practice size, Monique? Like, what are you what are you aiming for? Um, I mean, uh, you know, my uh, my model practice is uh, Kennedy Nolan. Um, you know, they've had um, they're an incredible bunch of amazing people, and you know, in uh, sixteen years they've had, or in fourteen years they've had sixteen babies born within the practice and um, they have an amazing um, collective spirit and um, you know but I guess it's a thing I never worked at Kennedy and all and so trying to um, you know trying to work out how to um, work out how to to grow in that way and um, you know takes engagement with mentors and um, and you know I think that that's what the that's what Claire and I do at the small practice um, forum mm. uh, where everyone sits around and we all talk, uh, talk about um, yeah, stories. Claire, do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, I suppose. I think, I think Monique said about time as well, and actually, like, there's adjustments to make at every stage of your practice. Um, growing too quickly can be very daunting, and also understanding. I think the difficulty is really seeing where you fit in the practice. So when you practice one, you do everything. So, you know, you're working across everything. You've got your eyes on every single document that goes through the office. You get one more, one staff member, then, you know, things change a little bit, but you're still in control of most things. Once you start expanding and even, you know, where we are now, which is about five people, you know, and we've got, you know, a good number of jobs, like, it's, you can't have, you can't see everything going out. You can't, you know, manage everything. So you've got to understand what part and what portion of the job spectrum you're engaged with, and that's the part that you work with, and then work out the other part. So it's really about managing, as Monique said, I think a big part of successful practice is not just the work they do, it's how they manage, um, how they engage with staff, how they bring out the really good qualities of staff, how they read the people working for them. So they're the important things. And I think um, in terms of size, like a lot of people say 10 people is still a small practice that you can still kind of be engaged with all the projects. Once you get beyond that number, you know, it, it does start to become a different, you know, creature. Um, so I think there's milestones in a way for numbers of staff and at each point you've got to shift your practice quite significantly. So I think from one, you know, one is one, then up to ten, you know, that's kind of smaller steps in developing that. Once you jump into a bigger league, that's a completely different system at play. So it's just, I think, a management of systems. Cool. 
I think it's probably time for a drink. Yeah. 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 Since Thank you spilled mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for coming. Uh, if you're interested, we're having a um, model making workshop tomorrow <laughs> where you will have the opportunity to um, make your own M Pavilion out of clay, uh, skewers and string. Um, and it's open to kids. So oh, cool. bring your kids along. Um, thank you, and thank you to everyone on the panel. That was great. Thank you.